Welcome to Truth Talk with John Morgan of Traders Point Church of Christ. Traders Point Church of Christ is located at 8220 West 82nd Street in Indianapolis. More information about worship times and Bible study can be found at traderspointchurch.org. Good morning and welcome to Truth Talk. My name is John Morgan with the Traders Point Church of Christ. I'm joined by our evangelist, Jeremy Bard. We're going to be talking about what the scriptures have to say in regards to our speech uh, this morning. Jeremy's going to be preaching Sunday morning, uh, more specifically perhaps on the use of euphemisms in our speech. We're going to take a little bit of a broader approach to that this morning and just see what the scriptures have to say uh, about how we should talk and the dangers and the benefits of the use of our tongue. So we're going to look at James chapter 3. We're going to look at some other passages as well. Uh, to see what the Holy Spirit has to say about that. So, Jeremy, why don't you, you kick us off? Like I said, you're gonna be, I know you're going to be speaking more exclusively on the use of euphemisms, but how do you want to structure our talk this morning? Well, I think, you know, we'll, as you made mention, we'll spend a lot of time, I think, in James chapter 3. That was kind of the plan, and we'll certainly do that. But I do want to start kind of a springboard in Matthew chapter 12. I kind of think that sets us up for something that Jesus says on Sunday morning's lesson. We're going to spend a lot of time in Ephesians chapter 4, verse 29 specifically. We'll probably find a, a moment to make mention of that here in a little bit as well. But in Matthew chapter 12, in verse 36 specifically, Jesus says that I say to you that for every idle word men may speak, they will give account of it in the day of judgment. For by your words you will be justified, and by your words you will be condemned. And so I think it's good for any discussion on this topic, especially the use of the tongue, both not so good uses that is condemned, and, and but also good uses of the tongue. I think it's good to be reminded of of this passage because it it puts us in perspective that yes, it makes a difference. I mean, m- maybe that question is out there: Does it really make a Does it really make a difference what I say? Isn't it more important what I think, or is it more important what's in my heart? I mean, sometimes we like to play that game. You know, does it really make a difference what I say? Well, Jesus says it does make a difference because yeah. by our words will be justified, by our words will be condemned. Every idle word or empty or vain word is kind of given the, the connotation there. Uh, we're going to have to give an account of that. Yeah. And, and so I think that should help to kind of put it in perspective. And certainly when we get into James chapter 3 and the picture of the destructive nature that, that James reminds us that the tongue can be, I think it's good to kind of start with that idea that, yeah, it, it matters what we say and it matters yeah. how we say it. It matters the words that we use and we choose to use because ultimately that's it. We make the choice about yeah. the words that come out of our mouth. I think culture kind of paints a picture sometimes that we just say, hey, we, we can't help it. I mean, just right. our, you know, our mouth's kind of run away with us. That's mm-hmm. even a, a saying that we have that it just kind of got away from me. No, no, we choose, we choose. And yes, it does make a big difference. It does, and it, and it always has. It, when you go back to the, the book of Proverbs, time and time again throughout the book of Proverbs, that very idea is, is discussed. And one of the ones that has been pointed out to me was in Proverbs chapter 13, uh, in verse number three, he who guards his mouth preserves his life, but he who opens wide his lips shall have destruction. And that goes to very similar, a very similar concept to what Jesus was talking about there, that both good and bad can come from the way that we talk and the way that we, we speak to one another. We can both guard ourselves and lead ourselves into destruction yeah. based on how we talk. And that, that not only is limited to 
uh, saying curse words or things like that, but, but being angry with one another and how we address each other when emotions are high. And, and really, all of that comes down to, as you pointed out, it, it comes down to self-control. And ha- have you really thought through that process? How am I going to respond when somebody says something to me that I don't like? Or when they attack me personally, how am I going to respond in those situations? How am I going to act and and respond when something hurts and I'm in pain? All of those things are things we need to process and give thought to. Because if we leave it to, in the moment, what am I going to do? Most likely we're going to fail. But if we think about it ahead of time and we prepare ourselves for those instances and we practice and we train ourselves, then it's going to become more natural to us to speak in kindness to one another even in difficult times or to react with love when we're hurt. Those things are going to become more natural to us if we think about it in advance. Yeah, I think that's right. I mean, a lot of times when we have discussions like this, we, we, we often will, will ask the question you know, to, to anybody there that's listening. Hey, have you ever said something you wish you could take back? Well, mm-hmm. I mean, we, we throw that question out there a lot, and, and the answer is always yes, absolutely, that's happened. And then we just kind of move, we kind of move on oftentimes yeah. from there. But I think it's good for us to you know, follow that up with the point you can't. Right. I mean, you can't. I mean, once those words are out there, you can't take them back. I mean, yeah, is there something that we've said that we'd love to take back? Sure, and we can all paint that picture. But then that next step has to be made in our mind to understand that, guess what? It doesn't matter how bad I want those words to get back in our mouths. They can't. They mm-hmm. simply can't. Someone showed me a long time ago, and I've used this even even from the pulpit and in Bible classes as well, the illustration to kind of showcase this point of you know having a plate and a, a tube of toothpaste mm-hmm. and, and squeezing out that tube of toothpaste and how easy it is to squeeze this out. And, you know, I've done this with, you know, like a high school class or some teenagers. And, you know, you squeeze out all of the toothpaste that comes out easily on a plate. And then you hand the plate and that squeezed out tube mm-hmm. and you ask them, now, now put all of that toothpaste back into the tube. Yeah. Well, no, it, it is it is an impossibility, and that's a great example of of what we're talking about today. Mm-hmm. Sometimes, because we don't have the control we need, those words come out very, very easily, and it doesn't make a difference how badly we want to take those right. words back. We can't, and so let's let's take ten steps back mm-hmm. and make sure that we're we're thinking about the words that we use long before maybe moments of heat. Yeah. Those words start flying because, yeah, we'd love to take them back, no question, but we can't. We cannot take mm-hmm. words back that come out of our mouths, so we need to really be thinking about it. And, you know, in James chapter 3, he, he uses a different analogy, but I think it's going along the same lines there. When he talks about uh, down in, in verse number 5, see how great a forest a little fire kindles. And I mean, we've even experienced some of that in our own country over the past few months with forest fires that have started. And, and once those things get out of control, I mean, it's next to impossible to put them out. You just almost have to hope that Mother Nature does it with, with rain because otherwise there's no controlling them. And that's the same picture that he's, he's giving us here is it doesn't take much. It doesn't take much. But once it gets going, there, there's no putting it back. There's no putting that fire out. That's the way that our speech is. It, it may not seem like much at the time. As you pointed out, it may come out real easy. You know, it doesn't even seem like that much. But once it gets out there, 
it's out there, and there's no putting it back. There's no controlling what the, the damage that it may have at that point in time. And that's why it's so important to make sure that little fire doesn't get started in the first place. So what do we have to do? What, what can we do day in and day out, hour by hour, minute by minute, to make sure that our speech isn't starting these fires that are going to get out of control on us? Yeah, I like... You know, I love James chapter three and really all the metaphors that's given to us here, you know, about the tongue and, you know, the one that you made mention uh, uh, there in verse uh, five that, you know, a a great forest, uh, a little fire kindles. But I I really like verse six where James almost is like, just in case you were going to miss the point that, that I'm making, he begins that. Uh, you know, the tongue is a fire. You know, so I love that. He's like, Let, let's, let's, not, let's not miss. This, I'm talking about the tongue. This is something that the yeah. tongue can do, is that it can destroy, and the mm-hmm. destruction can be immense. Mm-hmm. And, and that is, that's, the, that's the member that he makes reference to here in James chapter 3, is it's something that is maybe so small, and in reference to you know, other parts of our body it is, but it, it is it controls so many other things, and it can destroy and devastate, yeah. and it can be hugely destructive in and around us. That's I like how James chapter three starts because he actually starts by addressing teachers yeah. here, and I think there's there's a lot of value in that because I think what he's saying is really he's making the point early on that listen, if you talk a lot, <laughs> then you're at a much higher risk of creating a mess with what you say. Yeah. And that's just common sense, right? The more that we talk, the more opportunity we're giving ourselves to say something wrong or to speak out in anger or whatever it might be. I think we have to use that same principle just in the way that we live our lives. How much are we talking? You know, if we talk a lot, we just have to recognize we have to be more careful. Because we're creating more opportunities to create these fires. We're creating more opportunities to say something that we're never going to be able to take back. And he's cautioning those who are going to take on the responsibility of teaching that you need to be careful because you talk more than other people do. And that there's something to that in just how we live our day-to-day lives. Are are we people who who are constantly talking? We like to hear ourselves talk. If that's the case, don't be misguided. You are putting yourself at a greater risk by talking more than others do. That sounds like something that's just kind of simple, but, but I think there's a lot of value in giving that thought. How much are we talking? Because every time we do, we're creating an opportunity, if we're not careful, to say something that we're never going to be able to take back, to hurt someone in a way that we may never be able to repair, to say something we didn't mean to say. All of those things are in play the more that we talk on a daily basis. Yeah, you've made mention already of the book of Proverbs. I mean, all over the book of Proverbs, I mean, mm-hmm. it, there is a much higher value placed upon listening yeah. than speaking. Yeah. And not just once. I mean, over and over <laughs> and over, there is a much higher value placed upon listening other than speaking. But, but you're right. I mean, listen, when you come down to the idea that as teachers, and you and I both are, are teachers, are teachers mm-hmm. of God's Word, and w- when you are a teacher... You, you have to speak. You, you have yeah. to use your words. And, and, and James is painting the picture here is because of that, you've you got to be careful. 
and maybe that's the biggest key to what James chapter 3 is, is really all about. You've got to be careful. The tongue is powerful. It can be powerful in a bad way, yeah. and that's a big part of what James chapter 3 is, but it also can be powerful in a positive way, and yeah. that's what James chapter 3 will talk about that as well. But it, it, it is a powerful thing, so we've got to be careful with it. And I think that's why you have in Proverbs all the time. Listen, when it comes down to it, Let's let's be a listener. Right. Let's let's be a listener. Yeah. Don't be swift to speak. Mm-hmm. You be swift to hear yeah. instead of swift to speak. And I think this right here, because of what we see in James chapter three, is a big reason for that. One of my favorite ones in Proverbs that I've got highlighted in my Bible is chapter eighteen and verse thirteen, where it says, "He who answers a matter before he hears it, it is folly and shame to him." And that I've got written next to that. Listen first. You know, listen first, speak second, and that, that's got to be the way that we approach things. Because if and, and that's 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 tough. Because a lot of times, listen, it even happens with you and I here when we're doing this radio show. You're talking, and I'm thinking about what I'm going to say, right? And sometimes I've got to stop myself, and I've got to remember I need to listen and then respond. And, and that's a challenge just in our daily lives because our, our minds are always working, and we're always thinking about how we can defend our point or what we may say in return when someone else is talking. We just need to take a deep breath. Slow down and remember that there is value in listening first, processing what we hear, and then responding in a manner that's going to show love and show uh, our, our understanding of what the other person has to say. That's an important concept that as Christians, we just have to learn. Yeah, and, and but it's not an easy one. No, I mean, I, no, you no, know, no. I think in a lot of ways, I mean, certainly we know that. But I think even, you know, here in James chapter 3, I mean, that, that point is made. Is, you know, I think it's interesting that although it's something that we're called upon to do, to control the tongue, I don't think there's any question about that. And we read there in Matthew chapter 12, I mean, it's going gonna, it's gonna to make a difference on Judgment Day, yeah. the way our tongue went to work. And so I don't think there's any question that God is, is calling upon us to control the tongue, but yet He also doesn't, you know, paint the picture of, Hey, this is the easiest thing you know that you could ever imagine to do. I mean, mm-hmm. no, I mean it's almost to the opposite of that. It, yeah. You know, he makes the point in, in verses seven and eight that listen, there are beasts and and birds of the air and reptiles and creatures of the tea of the sea that man has tamed, but the tongue. I mean, the tongue's a different animal. Yeah. I mean, the tongue is a is a different beast. And, and you know, I think it's a little bit of hyperbole that you know no man can tame the tongue. Mm-hmm. And, and maybe the point is there that you know w- without God and God's assistance, mm-hmm. we're gonna we're not gonna be able to get a hold of the tongue. But you know, I think you got a little hyperbole there that yeah, listen, the tongue is something that we can get a control of. God has to be a part of that equation. There's no yeah. question about that. But I think what verses 7 and 8, the picture that's painted for us, is even though it's something that can be done, it's going to take a lot of work mm-hmm. and a lot of preparation and a lot of thought and a lot of diligence and a lot of effort and a lot of just being after it. It's just one of those things that has to be constantly on our mind because, guess what? We are constantly talking. Yeah. So we communicate. I mean, yeah. yeah, we have phones and we got email and we've got all those other things, but it, it, is, it is the same. It mm-hmm. is talking is the way that we communicate. And I would, I would even put in, I mean, texting and, and, yeah. and emails, I would put that in this. I mean, just because you typed hateful, <laughs> ugly words you, you cannot then say, right. well, listen, no, I didn't speak those right, things. Right. I, you know, type. No, no, all of that, is, it's in the way that we communicate. Yeah. 
We communicate all the time, and so that means all the time we've got to be thinking about it. Yeah, and, and that's why it deserves so much consideration. And I think that's you know that's the point that he makes here with this uh, imagery of it being a small rudder, mm-hmm. but that it steers you know these massive ships, and, and that's really true with us. What we say and how we communicate, in, in many ways, steers our lives. Well, you know how we communicate with each other. It. it determines what we're going to do, where we're going to go, who our friends are going to be. All of those things come from the things that we say and how we communicate with one another. And so that's why it deserves so much of our attention. And, and that's why we should put so much, so much emphasis on it is because of the great impact that it has on every single one of our lives. And not just us, but it's going to impact our spouses, our children. They're going to see how we communicate, and they're going to imitate that as they grow up. There's so many things that our speech impacts on a daily basis. And that's why I I think we, we can't possibly overstate the importance of this. It's something that needs to be addressed time and time again, and it needs to be addressed with even the youngest of kids. You know, my little girls are, are, are three and five, and, and they're in that stage where they, they certainly can talk, but they're learning how to really communicate. You know, yeah. they're learning how to express themselves, how to communicate with each other and with other people. And at that age, we need to start talking to them about the importance of the things that they say and how they say things and how they address people who are older than them. Those things need to be ingrained in them at a younger age so that they realize how important this is going to be as they get older. Yeah, I mean, I I love the comment that you've made that it it cannot be overstated how how important this is. I mean, it just can't. And I think that's uh, what we've got right here in James chapter 3 is, I mean, you want to talk about big pictures given to us in James 3. I mean, that, that, that's what it is. But I don't think they're even overstatements. I mean, it mm-hmm. is, you know, like you made mention, the, you know, the picture of the rudder on a giant ship or a, a bit in a horse's mouth that has complete control. We've made reference already to a, 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 small, a spark of a fire that can quickly, you know, get out of control. It's full of deadly poison it'll make reference to. And, and I think if all of us, you don't have to think even that hard. I mean, just think a few seconds. And you can think about, you know, the destruction that words have left probably in the wake of everybody's life on some mm-hmm. level, yeah. whether, whether it's destroyed friendships or words destroyed marriages. I mean, it is a destructive force. And because it, it, we can apologize and we can be forgiven and we can try to build those bridges back, but as the point we've made already, you cannot put words back into your mouth. Mm-hmm. You simply cannot do it. You can be forever shamed, and you can be uh, guilt-ridden, mm-hmm. but you, can't, you cannot put those words back in. And so I, I think it's important for us, as you made mention, even instilling in our kids and in our own hearts that well, let's, let's just not let those words get out. Right. I mean, let's just not let those destructive words escape, mm-hmm. and then I won't have to worry about putting those words back in. Let's make sure they don't come out. And so I think that's a big part of what James chapter 3, I don't think it's, hey, you, there's nothing you can do about it. It's just you're going to destroy everything around you. Right. No, I don't think that's the point. I think the point is don't let those destructive things get right. out because they're so destructive. Keep them in. Mm-hmm. Use that tongue in a very positive way instead of a destructive yeah. way. Yeah, and that, that's, that's a really important part of this. One of the things that I was thinking about when I was reading through this, you and I are both involved in a Bible study that we do at the Juvenile Detention Center 
15, 16, 17-year-old kids, and we get one hour with them a week. And because of kind of the transient nature of that group, you may never see those kids again. That will really make you think about what you say in that one hour. Because these are kids who are troubled, maybe have almost no knowledge of Scripture, some maybe a little bit, but you have an hour with them to talk to them about the gospel. What are you going to say? Man, that'll make, you, that'll make you stop and really think about every word that you say while you're there. And I think there's value in just using that idea in how we interact with each other. You know, you and I see each other a lot. We may not give a whole lot of thought to what we say when we leave. <clears throat> but think about it. If, if you, with your parents, if you knew this was the last time you were going to see your parents, what would you say to them? Or if you had a friend who had fallen away and you had one chance to talk to them, what are you going to say to them? When we think about things in that way, we realize how much power our words can potentially have and how much good can be accomplished when we really give consideration to what it is we're going to say. And when we give that level of thought to what we're going to say, then every word comes out with meaning and purpose behind it. Nothing is empty at that point because you recognize how important the time is that you have and you really give thought to what you're going to say. And I think when it comes to, especially when it comes to evangelizing, that's the way we need to approach that. You know, when, 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 we get up, when you get up to preach, uh, you recognize, hey, I've got 20, 30 minutes here, and I don't know who necessarily may be in the audience, but I may not get a chance to talk to them again. What am I going to say in those 20 or 30 minutes? And you give serious thought to every word that you put into that sermon. And if we approach teaching the gospel in that manner, I think it's going to make us much better teachers, and it's going to help us really understand the, the great gift that God has given us to be able to talk to people about the gospel. And we're really going to give it a lot more thought then. I, I think then it, it could affect the way we speak all the time. I mean, it, there's probably something in our minds that we can equate to what you're just saying of, of whether it's a, a parent who's getting older, whether it's um, yeah, a, a, like mine, you made mention your, your girls are, are young. My, my kids are a little bit older and I've got one who's who's 18 and, and he's uh, just a few months from heading a thousand miles away to college and, and you know it, it often pops into my mind that now my, my time it, it certainly in the the way that I have him in my home right now mm -hmm. is is coming so now I'm weighing things in a very different way yeah. and there's probably something that all of us can can equate but I, I want you then just to take that next step if I can do it there mm -hmm. and I have I can do it all the time. I mean, yeah. if I can do it in one spot, that it shows that I can do that in in all of my conversations. That I can weigh out. Now, does that mean? I mean, there, certainly, there's going to be different weights, you know, in different conversations that we're having. But yet, it's still communication, and it's still conversation, mm -hmm. and it's still something that I can think about before I spew it out there. Mm -hmm. And when we put ourselves into the habit of doing that you know, maybe it will become a little bit easier for us. Yeah, there, there's an exercise that, that a, a preacher actually did. I was told about one time where he had the congregation in a small group setting. He posed the question to them, if you went up to somebody and said, can I have 20 minutes of your time to talk to you about the gospel? And they said, yes, what are you going to say? And they actually went through the process of writing out what they would say if they were given 20 minutes of someone's time. Someone who maybe had never heard the gospel or perhaps you know, had fallen away or whatever it is. They, gave, they agreed to give you 20 minutes. What are you going to say? And, and hearing about that from them, 
that was a really impactful exercise to that group of people because I think it did, it forced them to do what we've been talking about, which is to give thought to something before it happens. What would I say in that situation? And if we apply that, as you pointed out, to other areas of our lives, whether it's with our family or, or with someone of the congregation or with someone that we just meet at work or on the street, wherever it might be, if we've given thought to that previously, before put in that situation, then our chances of having the desired impact on that person ha- have increased astronomically mm-hmm. because we have really thought about it beforehand. And I think that can, that can be such a, a powerful benefit to us to really sit down and think about that from time to time. Maybe it's not such a formalized, hey, can I have 20 minutes of your time, but just in a, a day-to-day conversation that you may have with a coworker or something like that, and the, and the topic of, of, of religion or the Bible comes up. If so, what are you going to say? Have you given any thought to that at all? Because if you haven't, then your words may come across empty or scattered or, or you're uncertain. But if you've given thought to it, then you will be able to see the power that your tongue has in such a positive way in the way that you respond to whatever question may be raised. You know, we prove all the time that it's possible to think about our words. We prove that all the time. Now, we we prove that normally by doing it flip-flop from what you just said. Mm -hmm. I mean, the way we need to be doing it is think and then speak. Mm-hmm. Well, we prove that we can think about our words all the time, but the problem is we oftentimes speak and then think. And that's when the, you know, it is the, man, I shouldn't have said that. Yeah. Well, the reason we recognize that we shouldn't have said it is because we're now thinking about what we've said, right? We've said something and now we're yeah. thinking about that. And you're like, oh man, I, mm-hmm. I, I, should, I shouldn't have said that. Uh-huh. Well, just flip-flop those. I mean, we've already showed, we can think about our words. Let's just do that first. Yeah. Let's think and then let's speak. Let's weigh and then speak. And now we're in a position that we're, we're taking advantage of the opportunities that we have. Mm-hmm. The opportunities that I think you rightly say may or may not come again. I mean, mm-hmm. now we're really understanding that the words that I'm using have weight. Yeah. And the words that, I, that I'm using, it can have impact. Maybe that's a better way to say it. It, it can have an impact, certainly destructive impact. We've talked mm-hmm. enough about that. But yet it can have positive, hugely positive impact. And so let's think and then let's speak. Yeah. And when we follow that pattern, now we're communicating the way that God wants us to right. communicate. And that's, that's seen in so many different areas of, of the gospel. I mean, even in our, our singing within a congregation, when we worship, you know, we're speaking to each other. And in doing so, we're edifying each other and lifting each other up and building each other up. And we can do that just in simple interactions with one another. These don't have to be necessarily always these long, drawn-out, deep conversations. But simple things can lift someone up and encourage someone. Just simple things. Perhaps someone is struggling or perhaps someone's getting older or, or someone's been sick. And, and just simple cards or encouraging words can be so impactful to those people. We may not even realize the impact that it's having on them. But I think we need to realize that that is the potential. Yeah. That we have the potential to have serious impact on these people who may be struggling or dealing with, with difficult things. 
take advantage of those opportunities. And even if it's short, even if it's just something simple, use the power of the tongue that we've been given to build each other up and encourage one another. Yeah, I know we made mention at the very beginning of our discussion, uh, Ephesians 4 and verse 29. It's a passage that in my sermon on Sunday, we'll talk a lot about. We'll talk a lot about Ephesians 4, 29. But I think that, you know, that verse in and of itself in a lot of ways really gives us a pattern. It gives Mm -hmm. us a pattern for for where we are. And, and, you know, Paul says, let no corrupt communication proceed out of your mouth, but what is good for necessary edification, that it may impart grace to the hearers. You know, I was looking up, you know, I use the New King James Version. I know you do as well. I was looking up, I mean, there's, in the other translations, I'll use all kinds of different words. Mm -hmm. It's interesting, you know, all the kinds of different words that's used here. But I looked it up just in the Greek, and that word sapros in the Greek, what I, I like it a lot, and it just, it means rotten. I mean, that, that's what, it, it, rotten, rotten mm. communication. Unwholesome is a word that other translations will use. Mm. Filthy is another word that I use. But, I mean, I kind of like just that. It, it yeah. just means rotten, rotten communication. D- don't, don't allow that to, to spew out of your mouth, the rotten communication. But then he kind of encloses that whole pattern. But you communicate what is good for edification to lift others up, that it may impart grace to the hearers. And I mean, we're, you know, we're either speaking or we're hearing. We are yeah. the communicator or we are the hearer. And when we are the communicator, we are imparting grace mm-hmm. or rotten trash. I mean, yeah. that, that's the picture that's given to us here. Yeah. And we've got to be the determining factor on which one, you know, God tells us which one we need to be yeah. giving. And now it, it's, right. it's up now to me to, to make sure that happens. I think that's a good place to, to stop for this morning. I'm, I'm really excited to uh, to hear what you have to say about this further on, on Sunday morning. We want to take that opportunity to just invite anyone who may be listening to come and join us. We'll meet at 9 a.m. for Bible class, followed by worship at 10 a.m. We're located on the northwest side of Indianapolis on 82nd and Lafayette Road. You are more than welcome to come and join us any opportunity that you may have. Uh, we do post a live stream to our worship services at traderspointchurch.org. We'll link that to our Facebook page as well. So if you can't come out and join us, um, it'll give you an opportunity to follow along there. And then the audio files of, of Jeremy's sermon will be made available on the website and Facebook as well uh, shortly after that. So please take advantage to, to listen to that and give that some serious thought. Hopefully the conversation this morning has, has given you some things to think about as well. We want to thank you for uh, taking a few minutes to study along with us. And we'll talk to you again next week. You've been listening to Truth Talk with John Morgan of the Traders Point Church of Christ. Traders Point Church of Christ is located at 8220 West 82nd Street in Indianapolis. More information about worship times and Bible study can be found at traderspointchurch.org. You can hear Truth Talk every Sunday at 10 a.m. right here on 98.9 FM WYRZ.